Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so going to party. Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Brett Allen Show. A pop culture podcast where we interview your favorite actors from film, television, music, comedy, and more wherever pop culture hangs out. And today we have a very special guest. We are chatting with actor Trey Romano. And I'm excited because he is a part of this fantastic show on Stargirl, uh, the CW. If you haven't seen it yet, crawl out from under the rock and watch this show Uh, We've had other cast members as well, but this is a fun, fun show. And he's had a lot of other great projects as well. And we're going to talk about that and much more. Trey, welcome into the show. It's great to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm excited. Yes. Well, you are on Stargirl and we've had other cast members uh, from the show before. So I'm excited to talk about your character, Mike Dugan, which is a lot of fun. Let's talk about the show for those listeners who may not have had the chance to watch yet about your character and sort of how you came to be a part of the project. Yeah, well, Mike's character, you know, is uh, the stepbrother of Courtney, who's the main character who eventually becomes Stargirl. Um, and the way the character was originally proposed to me when Jeff called me when I actually got the role, he was like, you know, it's kind of like the uh, the 80s annoying brother that like, you know, like every, you know, like the trademark annoying brother character. Um, and then the number one thing that he said, which was actually really interesting that I still remember is that um, he didn't, he barely really talked about season one before we got into it. He specifically talked about season two um, because he was like, you know, this is your character for season one, but then it kind of changes into something else for, for the second season. So that was exciting for me, like right off the bat, because I knew my character was going to change. So when I got the first script and, you know, I was uh, reading for like the audition and everything, I thought it was just like, you know, a comedy pilot with a little bit of drama mixed in there. So I have, I had no idea what I was getting into, right? Like, I didn't know this is going to be a superhero show. I didn't know Luke Wilson was in it. I didn't know anything, you know? So like when he called me, I found out all that stuff and it was just, you know, I was just super excited to get into it. And everyone's always like, did you read the comics before? Like you, you started? And I was like, I did not even know this existed. Like, you know, <laughs> until like okay. two weeks before I started shooting. But as we went along and I got closer with Jeff and, Um, I I started reading the comics and then I kind of saw the parallels between his character that he wrote, you know, when he was younger to to now. Um, But yeah, it's just been, it's been a great ride so far. And, you know, Mike's character, um, you slowly become, uh, you slowly begin to, you really kind of start to feel for him in in the second season, which is kind of what they're aiming for. You know, I always say that um, like Mike's character, every episode, like you're kind of like tearing back the layers of like an onion, you know, you're always just kind of finding out more about him. He's a lot deeper than, you know, what you see with the naked eye, I guess. But yeah, like that's, uh, I, I guess that's probably the best that I can describe it for now for anyone who hasn't watched it. Yeah. Yes. It's a lot of fun. And again, it's all streaming right now, which is the way we watch, I think, most things these days. 
I have a question for you because I've had other actors mention this and you just alluded to the fact that when you auditioned, you didn't really know what you were auditioning for. Mm -hmm. As an actor, does that challenge you even more to dig deep into that creative space and try and figure out? Because obviously, well, I don't know. Are they, when they give you a script, let me back up a little bit. When they give you a script, is that script sort of, like a shape of the character that you might play or is it something completely different? Like how do you get into that creative space Trey, when you don't really know, like, you know, what you're actually going to be doing? Well, it actually, you know, it clearly depends on the project. Of course, you know, some, some scripts, uh, some projects give you dummy sides that have nothing to do, you know, with the script at all. And then, you know, call back, et cetera. Then you get into the real content. But um, with this, it was, um, it was actually a scene from episode one of the pilot, you know, and it also, it also was a scene from episode nine where it was a little bit more dramatic. Um, and as an actor, it doesn't really affect me personally. You know, actually, I almost kind of like worked myself out of that, you know, like as an actor, because coming into this show, I was coming off of like an eight, eight month process of uh, this movie that I was going to do. And it was just like draining and it was tiring. It was exhausting. And, you know, like I was literally just like when I filmed this audition specifically, I remember I was like, you know, I'm just like, just going to go for it. Like, I, you know, I, 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 you know, tend to I started with comedy. I started with, you know, improv. I started with all that stuff. And, you know, I always tend to like like to add like some stuff in, you know, just like um, like throw it in there. And like when when you have a script, that you don't really know what it's connected to. You have more creative control because you can bring whatever you want to this you know because you always have the excuse for oh i didn't know it was a spielberg movie or i didn't know it was a star wars <laughs> movie right like you know you always have that kind of in the back of your head so you know when jeff called me he was like actually the improv that you added at the end got you the role and i was like that's actually you know that's enlightening uh, to me like as an actor because sometimes you think like maybe they won't like this maybe they won't da, 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 da. and you know even your agents are like you know like maybe you should just keep that stuff out right and then like something like that comes along where I literally was at the point where I was like, I just don't care anymore. And then it was a beautiful thing because, you know, um, I ended up, you know, getting the role, but yeah, I, I really think that it varies for everyone. Like I know, you know, Cameron Gelman, my good friend, he, he, he really does like to dive into the characters, like in, in each individual character, uh, which is like admirable and amazing. And I've, I've always, you know, really like forced myself to do that. But then like with a character like this, with a character like Mike, it just seems so funny and just like, you know, light and airy kind of, that I just kind of threw up everything on the wall. Um, so uh, yeah, again, it, it varies from, from person to person, but like specifically for the Stargirl audition. Yeah, I just, um, I going into it, I knew nothing about it. So I just was literally like, hey, let's just see what happens. Like I'll just put everything out there. Well, clearly it has paid off uh, because you do a fantastic job on this show. And you mentioned improv. I want to talk about that because a lot of actors sometimes come from like a theater background, improv background, and so on. You just mentioned it obviously helped you with this particular role, but do you have an affinity for one over the other when it comes to creativity or you just like to create period when it comes to you and, and what you're doing in your life? I, I think I honestly just like to create period, you know, it, the, the thing about acting and the entertainment industry or anything creative in general is that they're all rabbit holes to different things. You know, like it's, you know, it's great when you see people that 
you know, start off with comedy and, you know, like you're watching them, like, you know, do one of the best dramatic scenes you've ever seen in your life. Cause like, that's happened, you know, like people that I've grown up with and, you know, actors that are amazing that, you know, mentally I can find into, Oh, I've only seen this person do comedy or I've only seen this person do improv or this, that, and the other. And they just come out and surprise you with this new depth that you didn't even know existed in them. Right. And that's the beauty of acting and, and creativeness is because when you're creative to a certain extent, um, everything is full of opportunity, right? Like I can, I can apply the, my improvisation and everything like that just as easily to comedy as I can to drama, you know, that if you gave me a, you know, a, a bracket of like, Hey, here's this scene in, you know, like a hospital or whatever the hell, like I could, I could, you know, probably draft up a quick scene in my head and, you know, kind of like, and, and go with it. And again, like I said, everything ties into to one another. And that's why I've always loved writing. Like I'm a writer, I'm an avid writer. I write, you know, just a lot. Um, and I've, I've always been trying to get my projects made and stuff like that. And, you know, I think honestly, one of the driving forces to me actually getting into writing more was honestly Luke, because Luke would always complain, um, you know, the complainer <laughs> that he is, he's always like, you know, can't, can't wait for the, the phone to ring. You know, you got to make it ring yourself. Cause he was, you know, he's always like, don't, don't let anyone, don't, you know, put your career in other people's hands, which was always right. Which is always, you know, which is honestly correct. And like, that's why I started creating for myself. And I started writing, you know, like when I started acting, honestly. So they kind of both went hand in hand, but recently, like in the last, like probably three years, I've been taking it really serious and just like being really regimented about it and forcing myself to write. And that's the best thing I've ever done for myself, you know? So like, yeah, I, I think that like it definitely doesn't confine me like coming from like an improv comedy like background with a role like this. It helps a lot. You know, it's great. And, you know, like the, 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 the chops and the timing, that's 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 always something that's good. And actually, there's something funny actually happened when when I first went out to L.A. when I was like really young, I remember I going to my first improv class and then, the uh, you know, one, one of my teachers who actually I became really close with after this, which is kind of funny. He was like, you have no comedic timing at all. You should stop acting. And then I was like, I was like, uh, okay. You know, I was, I was young and I didn't like know what I was doing. And I was like, you know, I just got into improv and stuff like that. And, you know, that like, I, I'm such like a say that I can't do it person. I'll just do it better. That I like literally just like kept, like, I, I kept, I kept going to, to classes. I kept doing da, 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 da. And there was a certain point where I just completely abandoned all my classes. And then there was like this second wave of creativity where it's like, you know, I want to do everything on my own. I want to find it everything on my own. Like my next path of being creatively enlightened is just traveling and being with my friends and writing about my experiences, keeping a journal, you know, doing stuff like that. So every, the creativeness just kind of comes in waves and you, you know, you can start from anywhere. And, you know, you look at these artists like um, like Adam Sandler and these people that are the funniest people on earth. And they, they put out stuff like uncut gems and, you know, punch drunk love. Like, you know, if you were looking at some of Sandler's projects that he's done, and then you look at, you know, stuff like that, like punch drunk love, you're like, this is not the same person, but you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting just seeing all the different range and stuff that, you know, an actor can do. So yeah, it's just overall, I think I'm just, a genuinely just creative person like i'm i'm down for anything always you know like i, I as you can see I, I play guitar uh you know i've been playing piano my whole life just whatever i can kind of funnel um my mental state into 
creatively, I, I tend to do. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I love it. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Sandler. I remember when Uncut Gems came out, a lot of people thought it was a joke. Like, they're <laughs> like, is is he kidding with this? Like, you know, is this another, you know, uh, Billy Madison type, exactly. <laughs> you know, a, yeah, and, and like, a joke, I, especially when they started talking about him potentially getting an Oscar. People lost their minds. And I... I was never surprised by that because no, I grew up watching Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. Right. So like when you think about that and like punch drunk love and uh, you know, like that's in my opinion, the best Sandler performance ever is punch drunk love. You've probably watched it, but if you haven't, you should. Um, and you know, like I, I think that came out in 2012 actually. Um, and he was nominated. I, I don't, I don't even think he was nominated for that. Because like that was like the first time when Sandler was coming out like with like something that was really like gripping and artistic, and like again no one took him seriously. Like he didn't even get nominated for that performance. Like if I if I you know had that performance like of a lifetime and didn't get nominated, I wouldn't care personally because that I don't care about like you know that stuff. But still like I was just shocked by that when I found out that he didn't even get nominated. And then when when Uncut Gems came out. And all these years after his Netflix deal and, you know, just churning out these comedies again, like everyone just kind of like pushed that further and further away. So it was funny that when he just came in with uncut gems. Um, but yeah, like that just really goes to show that, like, honestly, a lot of times the funniest people are also just the most talented, just, you know, just coming to if you can if you can make the audience laugh, you can make the audience cry just as easily, you know, in my opinion. Because you look at like how to manipulate an audience does not just confine to, to comedy, you know, how to manipulate an audience emotions, this and that can branch out everywhere. So, yeah, that's why some of the you know comedic actors are just some of the most talented actors overall. Yeah, 100 percent. And it's, again, funny, the Netflix deal. People were like, well, he found a place where he can create all his dumb projects. But <laughs> I don't feel that way. I think he's hilarious and in great actor as well and that's fantastic that he's one of many that you look up to one last question here as we wrap everybody has their actor's journey which i love to ask because it's so different for everybody and you mentioned early on that you were working on a film and then did some other things and then star girl came about but at what point in your career trey did you know that this was something that you were going to be doing permanently for the rest of your life what was it that clicked for you that made you go okay this is it number one i i always grew up in a film centric household if that makes any sense my my father always exposed me to amazing films my whole life and i consider myself um you know a romanticized person you know like i i growing up with movies that early in your life like i grew up with Wes Anderson, Sofia Coppola, Paul Thomas Anderson, Alexander Payne, you know, like all, everyone. And I, you know, Noah Bumbach, like it, it really was just seeped into my brain at such like an early um, stage in my life. And I, I don't even know, a lot of people are like, you know, I grew up with films, this, blah, 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 blah. But also I think it just also comes down to how you're wired, you know, like I, I, I can't, I, I can't, and I even from a young age, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else because I, you know, my father coming from, you know, an immigrant family, just, you know, like the Italian Americans, like this is the way you do stuff, get a union job, you know, like, like be it, be a postman or a garbage worker or whatever. And, you know, like that's kind of like how everyone in my family always lived their lives. 
work, work, work when you're 60, retire and, you know, live out the rest of your days. But, you know, I, I, the idea of just like conforming to any of that always just like upset me, like literally, you know, I hated like seeing my father always work and not having time off and stuff like that. And, you know, I kind of, I guess, saw movies as like an escape um, from an early age. And I think that, you know, even relatively recently, like I would say like in the last like five years, um, you know, when I realized that I couldn't live without it is when I realized how much emotional power films and writing and my acting had over me, you know, like I was, I was visibly and physically and creatively not okay. Like when I wasn't working or when I wasn't watching movies or when I wasn't engaging creatively, you know, and like that's, that's the thing. And it, and it, it has come in conflict with my school and my this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it's just always been kind of something that I needed to do. Like, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, you know, like it's like an addiction. It's like something that it's like a tick, you know? So it's, it, it really is something that, no, I never see myself stopping because, you know, when you're writing or acting, your job is essentially to observe, observe life and then funnel it through, you know, a form of art, which is the best job in the world, in my opinion, because getting paid to show other people how you look at life, that's, you know, that's A, the easiest job in the world and B, the hardest job in the world, you know? So it's, it's just, it's challenging and fun and amazing. And I literally, again, couldn't live without it because you don't realize how therapeutic it is at the same time. You know, it's, 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 it's terrific. And, you know, like writing and even keeping a journal and just like, a lot of people don't do that. You know, a lot of people don't just like write freely. And that has always helped me. And, you know, I've, I've always had a few comfort films that I go back to, but like a few films I literally have to watch like every, every so often, just like to keep myself going. Um, and it's, you know, it can get lonely and it can get isolated and it can get, you know, really, really, um, you know, I don't even want to say tough, but you know, some, sometimes tough. It's a, it's a lonely life for a lot of people. And, um, but again, couldn't have it any other way. I just, uh, I've always been really drawn to, I guess, funneling all my emotions and everything like that into, into a piece of art. So yeah, that's, that's really it. Very beautifully put. Fantastic. Thank you, Trey. And again, we are talking with Trey Romano, who can currently be seen in Stargirl on The CW. We are in season two right now. He plays Mike Dugan. He does an amazing job in this. And also check him out on IMDb. He has a lot of other great projects out there. He's got music. Um, real quick, is your music available to the public to listen to and to to stream and download, or are you working on that? Um, no, but funny you should ask, because um, Cameron Gelman <laughs> and I, uh, who stars in the show as well as Rick, uh, we, we've been playing guitar, you know, for a long time. And just like this last season, we started playing together. And actually, this season, we're going to start a band. So we'll follow that with great interest. We'll see what happens there, um, you know. Uh, but as of right now, no, I've, I've never released any music. Uh, I, I'm, I'm self-taught. I've been playing for seven years. Um, and I just, you know, uh, I would love to learn music theory and stuff like that. But really, it's just that I've just literally burned with like, a, like I burned into my mind what I love playing. And, you know, uh, that's pretty much it at the moment. I don't think it would really creatively like drive me to release anything at the moment. But hey, maybe one day it will. You never know. There you have it. Trey Romano, thank you for joining us today 
on the Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.